welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, good morning. There are some names I know you are going to recognize this morning as I mentioned them, so pay attention. Ali, Tyson, Mayweather, here's some that maybe you're not so familiar with, depending on which fight game you like the most, Gracie, Liddell, Couture, and Silva. Even if you don't know much about boxing or maybe you're not really into MMA, you recognize those names, at least some of those names. But what if I mentioned these names? Those names are the names of fighters who have left their mark on the fighting industry, the fighting career. But, but what if I mention names like this? Chuck Badak, Al Gavin, Rafael Garcia, Jacob Stitch Duran. Would you even recognize any of those names? The, probably not, but these men are undeniably indispensable and responsible for much of the success of those names that you did recognize. If you recognized Ali, then you would, you would also, you probably don't know, but one of the names I mentioned is largely responsible for his success and many of the others. These men are cut men. They work in the corners on the fighters to help them weather the storm. In fact, uh, Al Gavin is considered one of the, uh, probably the most uh, successful cut man in the industry. Uh, he worked over 110 title fights. And in his 40-year career, he never had a fighter lose because of a cut. He was good at what he did. These are the guys that you see prep the fighters before they go into the ring. These are the guys you see that have the, like the Vaseline. And they put it on their eyebrows and on their chin to make sure that when the, the punch is thrown that it won't catch their fighter square. It'll slide off, right? These are the guys that you see in between rounds. They're the ones, it's, it, it's kind of crazy to watch them. They've got Q-tips sticking out all over the place. And they've got, they've got ice and they've got all, all the, the, they used to have these little metal things they would put in the, in the ice to get them cold. And they'd put them on their face to, to help reduce the swelling. The, these are the guys that, that worked on the cuts to keep them close. Why? So that the fighters could go more rounds than they thought they could go. They, 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 would, they would work on them so that they could uh, keep them more competitive, that, that nothing would come in the way of them being able to fight their fight. So, so all, all, of, all of the training, all the, uh, the, the miles that the runner would run, all the meal prep, because you, you can't eat chocolate and be a boxer. That's why I'm not a boxer, right? Because I like me some chocolate. Like, like, like all the donuts that you, you, you sacrificed so that you could do, get in the road work. You know, all the meal planning, all the film study, all the rounds that you sparred, all, all of that stuff, all the strategy, the, the fight planning could be wasted in one punch, that would cause the cut or an accidental headbutt that would cause a gash and would cause the doctor to step in and stop the fight early if it wasn't for the cut men. The cut men are the unsung heroes. They are, uh, they, they, they are the overlooked ones. You don't know their names, but they enable the fighters to win the fight. Every great fighter has an equally great cut man. 
Today I want to draw your attention to two great fighters, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. And rather than reading all of, uh, all of the, the passages, may I, if, just, just, just for a few moments, may I just mention to you, could I just list for you some of the greatest exploits of these men? These are great champions in the faith. They, these guys are studs. These guys are bad. I mean, they're, bad. They, they're incredible. Like, like in the Old Testament in Judges, um, Judges chapter 14, our Old Testament champion kills a young lion with his bare hands. Come on now. We're talking a man's man. I'm talking, I'm talking he went out hunting lion, and he didn't have a rifle, and he didn't have a bow. He, didn't have, he went out with his bare hands and killed a lion. You don't want to mess with him. Don't meet him in a dark alley. Don't go up against him. He's a champion. In the same chapter, we discover that he kills, three, kills 30 Philistines all by himself. In Judges chapter 15, with an improvised weapon made out of the, uh, the skull of a, donk, a dead donkey, our champion single-handedly by himself with no backup, no support, nobody helping him, he walks into the fray of the battle and kills a thousand Philistines all by himself. In Judges chapter 16, our champion visits an enemy city and he walks into the city and he walks to their gates and as the anointing of the Lord hits him, he, he walks to the gates of their city and with brute strength, with the help of the Lord, he lifts up and rips the, the, not only the gates but the, 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 the pair, the, 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 the poles that support the gate. He rips them out of their footing and he carries the gates off out of their city. He was a bad man. A champion in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, our champion was perhaps the most accomplished missionary of the early church. Uh, since I have an intimate knowledge of, of what it cost to uh, start a church from scratch, the fact that this champion uh, is believed to have had at least a hand, if not sole responsibility for planning 20 churches in his ministry. That is mind-boggling. How he weathered that, I don't know. He was, he was bad. I mean, he was tough. He's a stud. He, he, he mentored other ministers. He impacted the entire Roman Empire with his preaching, without the internet, with no Facebook Live, with no Zoom meetings, with no Twitter feed, with no Snapchat. He impacted the entire kingdom of Rome with his preaching. He, is, uh, he, he, he left a legacy by authoring 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. He, uh, he's probably, in some sense, responsible for the fact that you're even here sitting in this church this morning because you do recognize that it was his teachings that led to the Reformation. Otherwise, we would all still be Catholic and have very limited access to the Word of God. This dude was a stud. He was and is a champion of the faith. Samson in the Old Testament, Paul in the New Testament, great champions, incredible fighters. We would call them heroes. But what I want to do this morning is I would like to just read a couple of passages of scriptures that maybe show us these great fighters in a different stage of their bouts. If you will, join me in Judges chapter 16, beginning of verse 19. We're going to read down through verse 21, talking about Samson. It says this, She lulled him to sleep with his head in her lap, and they brought in a barber, and they cut off his hair. Delilah began to hit him, but she could see that his strength was leaving him. Then she screamed, The Philistines are here to capture you, Samson. 
And he woke up and thought, I will do as before. I'll just shake myself free. I don't even have time to mess with this. But how many of us who are so used to winning continue to rest on our laurels? Uh, all we do is we just rest on past victories and never continue the consistency that got us to those victories. That's a whole other sermon. But, 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 but then it goes on and it says he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes and took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and they made, he was made to grind grain in the prison. That's our champion. New Testament, Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning of verse 23 says this, I've worked much harder. I've been jailed more often. I've been beaten up more times than I can count. And at death's door time after time, I've been flogged five times with the Jews, 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rods three times, and immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. In hard traveling, year in and year out, I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been in, at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by desert sun and sea storm, and betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor. Many a long and icy nights without, or lonely nights without sleep. Many a missed meal, bashed, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. And then he forgot the worst one of all. He got bit by a snake. That's just me. I just put, I'm just inserting. I, I, he got bit by a snake. That's got to be worse than all of it, right? Um, okay, that's my, my issue, but still. This is not how we like to see our champions. The passages that I've read to you is not how we prefer to examine our champions. We would, we would rather see them standing over their fallen foes. We, we, we would prefer to see them with their hands raised in victory. When I think about my champions out of Scripture, I want to see them holding the title belt, posing, if you will, with the title belt that they've secured. I want to see them. I want to see them uh, standing where, where all the contenders have been dispatched. I want to see all of those that have the, the challengers who have been smashed into submission. That's, that's how I want to see my champions. I want to see my champions like that. I don't want to see them struggling. I don't want to see them lost at sea. I don't want to see them get with their eyes gouged out. I I want to see them overcoming. I want to see them victorious. I want to see them like running up the steps like Rocky to a great thing. I want to see my champions like that. But can I submit to you this morning that even champions get hit? Can, 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 can I tell you that even champions get touched up? See, over the last two weeks, what I've been trying to do, uh, I hope you've been here. If you haven't, then you missed it, so you need to go back and watch. But, but I have literally been trying to get you back in the fight. I've been, try, I've been exhorting you to once again, I know it's been a rough season. I know maybe you feel like you've been beaten up. But over the last two weeks, I've been trying to convince you to bow up once again. 
I've been trying to teach you and, and challenge you to, to go on the offensive again, to, to hit back, to strike back, to, 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 to resist again, to op oppose again, to believe again, to worship again. Quit being a worship critic. Become a worship participant because that's how we fight our battles. Well, I've just been challenging you. Go to war. Get back in the fight. There's something to believe for. There's something to hold on for. There's something to contend for. I've been challenging you to fight, to fight that you are more than a contender. You are, in fact, a conqueror. Be you, you Listen, I just need to tell you this morning that I've been trying to convince you that you, you are more than a challenger. You are a title holder because of what Jesus has done in you and now wants to do through you because we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Can I just put it like this this morning? You are belted around your waist, even on your worst day, around your waist because of what Jesus did and because of what we share because of what he did. There hangs around my waist a championship belt, the belt of a champion. I, I'm not a victim. I'm not, I, I, I'm not a punching bag. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a pushover. I'm not a wimp. I am a champion. I have, I have been belted with Christ. I have the belt of a champion around my waist. However, I'm not naive. And I don't want you to be naive either. Can I tell you this morning that the day is coming if it hasn't already arrived, where you don't see the punch coming. There are days in our lives where, where our vision gets impaired. Some of it could be self-inflicted, but not always. Just something impairs our vision, and we don't even see the punch coming. Coming and out of nowhere, we, we take a shot that we didn't expect. Can I tell you that some days your reflexes are just a little bit slower than they should be? Before you were on guard, but all of a sudden something happened. You let your guard down. Now the haymaker comes. You're not ready for it. The enemy is, is prowling, looking for somebody that he can devour according to the word of God. So, so out of nowhere, I'm living my life. I'm enjoying victory. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the title belt pose. And all of a sudden, my reflexes were just a little bit slow. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the punch lands. The enemy will sneak up on you. And I just need to tell you. The truth this morning, because I could pump you up and get you all hyped up in here like, like uh, man, we've been feeling it the last couple of weeks. I could do that, but I just need to tell you, although, they, although you are belted, can I just tell you the truth? You will get belted. Uh, some of you will get that when you get home, but just because you're already belted, I just need to remind you that you will get belted. There, there are days that are coming, like it or not, he will land a punch. And the truth is, is that he may even catch you square. The truth is, is that our enemy is intent on hitting us flush. He, he wants, he wants to, to buckle our knees. He wants our world to spin out of control. He's trying to knock the breath out of us. And, and, and there are days that, I don't know about you, but there are days that in my own life, even though I'm belted, I got belted. And there's, this, this, there, there's days that I just almost feel like I just got to survive till I get to the next round. Worse yet, there are days when he hits you and he inflicts damage. He marks you. 
There is swelling that takes place. It's a flush blow. It causes damage to you. It cuts you to the bone. Um, he, he puts on the gloves and he rears back and, and he strikes the, 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 the blow that just takes you to your knees. You ever been there? Ever, ever been hit like that? Are you there now? This is how he works. A death comes. You weren't expecting it. You didn't anticipate it. And because of it, the enemy winds up and he hits you right in the face. And it rocks you. The, the, the letter comes in the mail. It's from, it's from the IRS. You, you thought you had it all taken care of. It's tax season. You thought you all had it all dealt with. But the IRS sends the letter, and now your entire world is shocked and rocked. And he hits you, and there's, it rattles you. And you go to the doctor's office, and you thought everything was okay. I'm just going through life. I'm minding my own business. And all of a sudden, I just, I'm just going for a routine checkup. And I walk in, and he does the test. And then he calls me back in, and you say, well, what's wrong? And he said, I can't tell you over the phone. Let me, you got to come back to the office. And you walk into his office, and he delivers the news. And you're marked, you're marked, you're marked. The lawyer calls. Ever had one of those calls? When you answer the phone, you don't know who it is. And when you get through with the call, you're sick at your stomach because you know now that the world that you knew is no longer the world that you know now in your whole life. Maybe it's the call into the teacher's office. Maybe it was the call into the boss's office. Maybe it was the friend that you thought had your back, but instead they stab you in the back. Maybe it's the fact that a lover exited your life that you thought was going to be with. They said the words. They said they would always be there, but out of nowhere, boom, they hit you and you're marked and you bleed. I just want to tell you this morning that to stay in the fight, you have to let your cut man work. See, the truth is, is that you have to trust him with your injury. That's the truth. I want to tell you this morning that you have to let him heal you. You, you have to let him soothe you. You have to let him touch you. Can I just tell you this morning that having the best cut man in the world's history won't accomplish anything in your life if you won't let him work on your cut. I need to tell you this morning that too many of us will let him handle our blessings, but we won't let him handle our bleeding. Uh, I know it hurts when he tries to, to, to come back and deal with what happened to you. I recognize that sometimes healing hurts. If you don't believe that, then I need you to go home this afternoon, take a bottle of rubbing alcohol. You do know that rubbing alcohol cleanses, right? It cleanses. Let's go find an open womb and pour it over that and see whether healing hurts or not. I know it hurts. I know it's hard to talk about. I know that it's hard to admit. I know that there are times that it's hard to remember. It's hard to go back through it and think about what has just happened in your life. It's easier just to isolate. It's easier just to, to just roll up in a ball. It's easier just to quit. But if you don't heal from what hurts you, then you will bleed on people who did not cut you. And I'm just concerned that a lot of you are walking around here bleeding on people that didn't have anything to do with what hurts you. 
You can't have a new relationship. You can't go deeper in relationship. You can't fight new battles. You can't deal with new, new assignments from God because you're so marked and bloody and because you won't let your cut man deal with your hurt. Then you can't go to the new day, the new fight, the new assignment. Can I tell you this morning that cuts are inevitable, but defeat does not have to be. Can, can I tell you this morning that, uh, that, that the greatest, the tested, the, the tried one, the best cut man that has ever worked a fight is in your corner. Can, can I tell you this morning that he can keep you in the fight? He can keep you going longer than you even thought possible? He, 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 he can cause the cut to close with no scar and no infection. Do you know that the Old Testament, you all know, if you've been at Passion very long, you know this passage. The Old Testament prophet asked a rhetorical question. Is there not a bomb in Gilead? The answer is absolutely. His name is Jesus. And that bomb, they would crush it. They would apply it to an open womb. It would cause the infection to come out. And it would cause the, the pain, the, 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 the wound to heal with no scar. I'm telling you this morning, you have the best cut man that's ever worked to fight in your corner. He has this ability to take what you thought would paralyze you and handicap you for the rest of your life and actually turn it into a weapon. You thought it was going to be career ending. You thought what the devil did to you was going to be fight ending. You thought what the enemy accomplished when he hit you was that he was going to be, it would be joy killing and peace killing and hope killing and life killing killing. But listen this morning, I just need to tell you that he has this ability to take the same blow that the enemy used against you and turn it around and make it become a platform for a counterpunch that will cause the enemy to hit the deck and never to be, be able to get back up again. He has the ability because you have the fight man in your corner. We discover this in Isaiah Chapter 53, verse 5 says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We've heard that. That's usually read around Christmas sometimes, sometimes around Easter, but let me read it to you in another way. Let me read it like this. It was our pain that he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought it brought, he brought it on himself that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through his bruises we get healed. We are like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We are all, we've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him. We have a cut man. The writer of Hebrews says it like this, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not. Sin. So what sets us apart is not that we don't get cut. What sets us apart is this. Once we get cut, we have a cut man that can step in and heal what the enemy meant for evil. 
God can turn it for our good, right? He's our cut man. I'm excited this morning to share this with you that, that even though I know, I know in advance I'm going to take some unexpected shots. I, I know there are going to be moments that he's going to catch me by surprise. I've got somebody in my corner who can get me through. He can keep me in the fight longer. He knows how to keep me propped up. He knows how to keep me fighting. He knows how to get me into another round. See, cuts are going to be inflicted, but I don't have to be defeated. I have a cut man. I have it on the testimony of a woman with an issue of blood that the cut man can step in and stop the flowing of the blood. I have it on the testimony of a man who was on an assignment to arrest my cut man, and one of my cut man's disciples ripped out a sword and chopped off his ear, but my cut man is such a great cut man that he stepped in and with one touch he heals it and stops the blood. I'm just here to tell you by the testimony of those folks and by my own testimony that Jesus has the ability to take everything that the enemy has tried to hit you with and he can bring healing healing to you. Our cup man can restore us. Our cup man can deliver us. The final chapter hasn't been written. The fight's not over. The bell hasn't rung on you. You may be knocked down right now, but the fight's not over. You've got a cut man. You've got a cut man. And I just need to encourage you this morning that just because you're wounded does not mean that you can't still be a warrior. Can I tell you this morning, your cuts don't have to disqualify you. I need to tell you that you can come back from what we thought was the end and we can win. Let, let, me, let me revisit our champions who've been cut deeply. I want you to see Samson again in Judges chapter 16, verse 26 through 30. Then Samson prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord Jehovah, remember me again. What's he saying? He's saying, come on, cut man. I need you to help me. Please strengthen me one more time so that I may pay back the Philistines for the loss of, of at least one of my eyes. Then Samson pushed against the pillars with all his might. Let me die with the Philistines, he prayed, and the temple crashed down upon the Philistine leaders and all the people. So those he killed at the moment of his death were more than those he killed during his entire lifetime. He had a visit from a cut man that remembered him in his weakest moment when he thought he'd been struck down, when he thought he'd been destroyed. He says, come on, cut man, remember me. What about Paul? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, after begging for, for his handicap to be removed, he gets a word from the cut man. The cut man says this, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weaknesses. Now I take my limitations in stride and with good cheer because these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, oppositions, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Can I tell you this morning, the reason that our champions were able to stay in the fight was they had a visit from the cut man. Samson got a visit from the cut man. Paul got a visit from the cut man. My question to you this morning, as we talk about being in this fight, is are you going to let the cut man work? 
How many of you need a visit from the cut man? You feel like throwing in the towel. You feel like you're down for the last count. You feel like they're counting you out for the last time. You don't feel like you can fight anymore. You don't think you can land another punch. But if you would just take a moment and have a visit from the cut man, he can heal you. I wonder how many people walk into passion week after 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 week and enjoy the praise and worship and enjoy the message and enjoy the fellowship with the friends around them but are so bloodied that they're they, that they, they limp in and then they limp back out so marked up so defeated that they walk in here and we sing songs of victory unable to raise our hands unable to fight a battle unable to go through what we need to go through I wonder how many of you walk in here week after week and you hide your hurt. And I just came by and I'm just stopping in to tell you that the cut man is here. And he can heal you. Hear me. He can put your heart back together. He can heal. The Bible says that he can restore our soul. He can, he can bring your dreams back. He can give you new life. I don't know everybody I'm talking to. But as I looked out over this congregation, some of y'all been cut. And it was deep. He caught you flush. your flush and some people may not even know it but you're, when you're by yourself you're in agony and I just want to tell you this morning I got good news he's here I'll never be able to get over this he's here I'll never be able to fight another he's here my life will never be what it was. He's here. I'll always be like this. He's here. So, Father, I pray this morning that in the next few moments, it's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.